I'd like to introduce us to today's practice. We're going to explore the factors of awakening as a lived experience, not as uh, something just thought about out there or taught by the Buddha, but as qualities of the body-mind, of the mind, that can be found here and now. So by um, pointing out, recognizing, investigating, we can actually see uh, what the experience of each of these qualities are, how they one leads to the other, and perhaps, I don't know, how they support a clear understanding of the human experience. Um, I'd like to begin by pointing out uh, a an illusion or perhaps a delusion that that I carried for years, probably decades, if I'm honest, and that perhaps some of you can relate to, and that is thinking that we can actually know the mind. Like mindfulness really reveals everything about this ridiculously complex experience of being sentient. Just last night I had an experience of a, someone contacting me with a, a, you know, a, a, a difficulty in the, the meditation community that, uh, you know, of insight dialogue, and it really uh, was upsetting. The, the body-mind vibrated. And my mindfulness was fabulous, no problem. But what did I know of the experience? You know, it's like the whole body's vibrating, whatever. So I could, however, this is important, I could, however, note there is a body, and it was just a body. I could note there are these unpleasant sensations that I was feeling, for example, in the solar plexus. And they were sensations. I didn't understand the mystery of everything. I just knew there's these sensations and that they're unpleasant. The mindfulness was fine. I couldn't go back and analyze everything, figure out where it all comes from, because then that's just the mind thinking. But I also wasn't avoiding the actual experience of it. And so it is with all of these factors of awakening. So we enter this practice with some humility, like, okay, so we'll explore what is mindfulness, the experience of it, not the thought about it. And for moments we might entertain that we know what mindfulness is. We might entertain the the notion 
that we know the contents or the operation of the mind with some thoroughness or clarity. Then maybe that will pass as we drop closer to experience, you know? And the next factor, investigation of dhammas, of phenomena. This experience, the actual investigation of what is this being aware and in the world, being touched by the world, knowing the world, investigating that phenomenally, intimately. The quality of investigation itself is a meditative quality of the mind. But do we really understand it? Do we really know what investigation is? We can experience it, but can we pick it apart, talk about it, figure it all out? Cognitive scientists are trying. It's pretty limited success, one suspects. The third factor, virya, energy, vitality, persistence. So we can touch, you know, perhaps you can touch now the sense of aliveness of even hearing these words or the, the, the actual fact of the vibrating, sensing body as vital. Or the energy of applying yourself to understanding these words I'm speaking. Virya, energy. But do we know what virya is, really? Can we figure it out? Can we list all of its qualities? And even if we could, even if the list was a million words long, the thing itself, how can we, how can we know it? We can only touch, we can only become intimate with those qualities of virya, of energy, that present themselves to us, and we say, ah, that, energy. The next one's a good one, joy, rapture, piti in Pali. It's the whole body-mind experience including everything from profound, disturbing somatic bliss. It's so powerful. All the way to the subtle joy and pleasure inherent in awareness itself. And we can look for it and see what we see. But even when we see what we see, what do we know? There's no final, oh, yeah, right, that's it. Got the rapture thing. I know just what it is. Even if we've had many jhana rapturous experiences, perhaps the fact if we have had them awakens us to the mystery of rapture, of joy. Even something that seems so simple as the next factor of awakening, tranquility. Oh, 
at last one that I can understand. Mindfulness, I don't know. Tranquility, yeah. But look closer. Become intimate with the experience of the calming of the body and the calming of the mind. Get intimate with that. What do you find? What can you name? Names. And yet somehow the mind is investigating this experience of calming down. And here we are. Ah, yeah, okay. That is tranquility, and we trust that. We know it's not final. We know it's not authoritative. We know it's not something that we can (coughs) send off to Webster's and get an award for adding a new word to the dictionary or something, but we sense that which we can touch of pasadi, of tranquility. Now it goes, kind of gets a little more challenging again. Up to concentration, down to concentration, samadhi. The quality of the mind that is profoundly serene and yet still bright in its concentricness, its centeredness. The strength of samadhi. And when it's not strong, and this is something you may get to practice, when it's not strong, can you still recognize the fragrance or even the fragments of samadhi, if you look? Even hearing these words, you hear the words, the mind settles, ah, the mind begins to settle. And this is where we begin to see some of the gifts of holding that settling, not by force, but by virtue of being with another and stabilizing, stabilizing here and now. But can we say everything about it? Can we nail it down? We can't expect that. And finally, the seventh factor of awakening, equanimity. For me, that just the word implies something so vast and empty that I kind of almost feel ashamed to be using the word. You know, it's so um, almost true equanimity, right? Unattainable, synonymous with full release, with awakening. And yet, there's something we can touch if we look. We can look for and perhaps locate that aspect of the mind in this moment that does no balance. We can investigate and point to it. Will we ever truly nail it down? By now, of course, you know the answer is, yeah, right, Greg, not a chance. 
but can we investigate and touch something of it, sometimes maybe in a moment, something quite profound of, of the balance of mind. And then maybe it's gone. Or maybe we just touch, you know, we catch it like, like a lilac when we're taking a walk and it's like, and yet we never find the lilac, you know, that may be okay too. So, in our practice now, we'll be exploring these qualities of the mind in this moment. The importance of this is that you understand we don't have some other object of contemplation, some other topic. This is, if you like this uh, framework of Satipatthana, this is Dhamma Nupassana. This is the mindfulness of Dhammas, mindfulness of the phenomenal experience. This particular framework is the factors of awakening. So if you have this question, what are we talking about? I can tell you all day the answer is going to be the mind right now. That's it. But have a look at this quality, right? And then that will shift and grow as you engage. And if it's not there, be curious. What's that like for there not to be? What? Want to start with mindfulness? How do you know there's no mindfulness? with mindfulness. How else are you going to know? I'm absolutely serious. It's cute, but it's absolutely serious. How are you going to know that there's no mindfulness? Anybody have a better answer, a truer answer? You can notice after there's no been no mindfulness, oh, I wasn't mindful then, but as soon as you notice that, you can't lose. It's true. You, uh, enough of this true. You, you see for yourself. Let's go practice. Can I ask two, two questions. What's the difference between tranquility and equanimity? And is Dharma's phenomenal? What the phenomenal